Welcome to Co-op Energy Talk. I'm Rachel Johnson, the Member Relations Manager here at Cherryland Electric Cooperative. And I've been with Cherryland for a little over five years. And like many people, I am fascinated with what goes into building, maintaining, and operating the electric system that keeps our 35,000 members lit up. While I don't work in the field, I've had the chance to visit our line crews when they are in the field, and I am always amazed at the coordination and hard work that goes into keeping the lights on. So joining me today to discuss that is four of Cherryland's linemen. Uh, first, but certainly not least, Charlie Johnston has been with Cherryland for 45 years as a lineman. Thanks for joining us, Charlie. You're welcome. <laughs> On the opposite end of that spectrum, Brad Norton is one of our newest apprentice linemen, and Brad has been with us for three months. Hey, Brad. Hey. And then we have a, a couple of other uh, linemen. Brandon Hartley has been with us for seven years, not always as a lineman. How, how long of that time have you been a lineman? Uh, four years. Okay, so four years as a lineman, and, and prior to that, worked in our metering and cable locating. And Dave Bott has been with us for somewhere between 12 and 13 years. That is correct. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us today to tell our members more about what it is like to be a lineman and what you see on a daily basis. Because while we all love you because you keep the lights on, most of us don't really know what you do. So to get, kick us off, I would just love to hear from you guys why you wanted to be a lineman, why you chose this particular career path. Well, Rachel, for me, it was the family business. I grew up with uh, uh, the co-op and linemen and my uh, father was actually the manager of a smaller co-op south of us here. So you you came by it naturally? Uh, yes, I always admired them guys and like you I was a little fascinated about how they did what they did and got it done. My father had uh, tremendous respect for those guys because there were so few of them. Yeah, it's a hard job. So Dave, how about you? Why did you want to be a lineman? Um, didn't actually want to be a lineman. I kind of have a unique story. Um, I was building log homes and the log home market was kind of dropping out. And they came around looking for my younger brother to come work at Cherryland. And he was he was happy with his other line of work. And I just happened to overhear the conversation. I said, hey, I, I'll do it. You know, I was looking for a change and I didn't really know what I was getting into. So that's how I started. So if you had known what you were getting into, would you still have gotten into it? Um, I think so. Um, it's definitely more demanding than most other jobs I've ever had, but yeah, it, uh, I think I, I would have made that choice. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't don't know. I mean, in some ways we know, like, right, we know that when the, when the storms happen, you're the ones who go out and all that, but in, in other ways we don't know. We have no perception of right. it. So, Brad, you're, you're really new at this. What made you decide to, to take this career path? Um, when I was looking for a career in high school, it was just kind of something that I stumbled upon. I figured that the uh, trades was kind of the direction that I wanted to go and um, graduated high school and started saving up money and went to school and now we're here. And now we're here. And uh, Brandon, you kind of came into the electric utility industry from a different position, right? And then decided after you were already here, you wanted to become a lineman. What went into that? Yeah, I located for um, about three years at a contracting company, and then uh, I did it for three years here. And then um, I think it was six years ago, we had that March storm, and uh, I went out and worked with the crews for seven or eight days. And uh, I just kind of thought, you know, I like I liked it. You know, I thought, well, I can do this. So I figured uh, the next time I had an opportunity, I'd try to take it. And it's been a great decision. 
when you say you liked it, was it that you liked the kind of day-to-day tasks of what they were doing, or was it that you liked the brotherhood, or what, like, what specifically was it about uh, that that appealed to you? I liked the mechanical side, the hands-on side. Um, it just kind of seemed like it, it just kind of fit for me. The locating thing, I, I didn't mind it, but I didn't feel like I was being challenged. I thought it was, you know, it's just a day-to-day thing, and uh, I thought with the apprenticeship and being a lineman, you know, maybe I would feel more fulfilled, I guess. So you talk about kind of the challenges. I think um, most people assume that when we talk about challenges, it's all about, everybody thinks about all, all about storm work, right? But just on kind of like a day-to-day basis, when you're not busy restoring outages, what kinds of things do you do? What does a day in the life of a lineman look like? Charlie, you've probably had more days as a lineman than anyone else here. Do you want to take a stab? Well, yes. We, uh, we build new lines and we maintain the existing lines and that uh, can run the gamut of uh, overhead construction, underground construction, getting power to new individuals or even uh, large commercial, uh, industrial, or uh, subdivisions and and things like that. So uh, what's one of the great things about line work is it's uh, something different every day and it's a, a nice variety of, of work for the most part. So. Um, Brad, you're in our apprentice program, which ba- for those of you listening, it basically means he's in the process of training to become a journeyman lineman. It's a how many year process? Uh, it's a four year process, uh, 7,000 hours of on the job training, and then uh, you go down to Cadillac a couple weeks every year for some classroom training as well. So what does a day in the life of an apprentice look like? What kinds of things are you doing and learning on a day-to-day basis? Um, I mean, pretty much everything, just... Um, you know, starting out with the safety of all the jobs, um, you know, learning how to work safe and kind of learn all the day-to-day tasks and kind of the basics to build a foundation to... Uh, to be able to do the work in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Dave, you, get, you kind of get to be a part of helping to train our apprentices. Tell me what kind of goes into that thought process. What kinds of things are you hoping that they'll learn and how are you helping them to learn them? Oh, I mean, it's... It's basically just showing them the ropes, teaching them the basics, the safety part of it, and um, you know, always keeping a close eye on them when they're nearing their point of their apprenticeship where they can start doing the energized hot work. That's where you really got to take your time, slow it down, and watch them real carefully. So, They're lucky to get to learn from those of you with experience because I, I can't even imagine what goes into that. And you're right, it's such a dangerous job, mm-hmm. and, and learning how to watch out for that and make smart choices is a tough one. Right. So uh, what's your favorite part of your job? Like, what's the thing that you're like, yeah, this is what makes being a lineman worth being a lineman? Brandon, want to take a stab? Um, I do like uh, when we show up and say there's a, a road, you know, eight or ten houses are out of power, and, you know, you're the one that shows up and gets them back on, you know, that's a good feeling. Yep, it's always fun to be the one who turns the lights back on, right? Be the hero. Yep. <laughs> I like to say that the only thing better than fixing an outage is preventing one. I like to find stuff before it breaks. And we're very glad you do that. I, you know, I think a lot of our members don't really have a sense of how many outages are prevented, right? And and so to your point, like when they think of what you guys do, it's always that mo- it's that hero moment. But what gets the unsung hero moment is all the moments where you guys are out there finding things and fixing them so they don't become an outage. Anything else that you love about your jobs? I, I would say that the equipment. Um, when I first started out, it was a lot of snowshoeing, walking deep right aways, and 
the staff has done really good at getting us nice tracked equipment, um, which are which are always fun and enjoyable to run, and makes our job a lot quicker, safer. And I guess I I like the I like the equipment. Like to operate the equipment. Yeah. And when you say tracked equipment, can you explain what that is for people who don't work on an every um, You know, we have these a uh, side by side that's equipped with tracks, so it gives us the ability to instead of putting on your knee high waders and going through the swamps, you can just drive over them. Um, they also work in the snow. Um, we also have a bucket digger truck machine that has tracks on it as well that helps us maneuver into those brethren areas, I guess I like to say. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's definitely the equipment. It's We always have nice equipment and it makes our job nice and safe and quick. And it's fun, and it's fun to work on too. Right. So you, you get to do your job efficiently and safely while playing with a really fun. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, you can say it. We're, we're, we're all adults here. What's your favorite part so far, Brad? Um, I like the fact that I get to work outside every day. Um, I like the fact that even though kind of the basic job stays the same, there's, I mean, different challenges with every single job that you go to. So it keeps things interesting. Yeah, never get bored. I mean, that's that's also to your point, Charlie, to, to constantly get to do something new every day, I, I think, has the worst thing for me would be to be bored in my job, right? So to never have to be bored in your job is kind of a, a fun perk. So I'm sure it's all always fun things that you love, but I'm guessing there may have been one or two times that it wasn't awesome. So what do you think is kind of the hardest part of your job, the part that people don't maybe see? Uh, missing birthday parties or 10.30 at night, you're just getting ready to go to bed and the phone rings and it's a broken pole or something. It's just... That part's not the best, but you just deal with it and get through it, and you'll be home eventually. So, Yeah, absolutely, because outages only ever happen on weekends, holidays, birthdays, and after hours, right? Right. Yeah. Dave told me one time that anytime you're on call and you make plans, you can guarantee you're not going to make it, and that's <laughs> held true for the last two years. So, yeah. Any other parts that are kind of hard? Well, weather is definitely the hardest part of the job when you have bad when you have bad weather and you have to work because people don't have lights. Uh, the worst is ice ice storms. Um, they can last for a long period of time. Uh, lightning will move through, wind will move through, but you live with ice. You can live with that for days. Yeah. You know, I would think, and I've heard other linemen say this too, that another kind of hard part is during all those times when when the storm comes through and the power goes out, a lot of times your family is without power and you're leaving them at home to deal with that while you go out and restore power to others. And that's got to be a, a challenging thing to deal with. Yeah, for sure. Um, my family deals with it all the time. Um, yeah, it's just your, your way of living is revolves around the weather, it seems like, so... Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Everyone, it's, hard, it's hard to sleep, you know, if the wind's blowing or it's raining hard, storming, you just, you can't even go to sleep, you know, you're going to be working and it stresses out the whole family, I guess. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're glad, I personally am very grateful that you guys do that, but, um, I, I think our members are too, even though they don't always see all the sacrifices that you are making. Um, so we talked a little bit about storms and, and, and going out in storms, but kind of what kinds of share stories of being out in a storm? Because I think that is the thing that people are most interested in, right? Like those, those, the big storms, the August um, wind storm, the March ice storm that Brandon mentioned. Um, when, when we've got half our members without power and it's going to, you know, last a week, like 
Tell me what goes, what kinds of things you encounter as you're out working storm work. Well, back in uh, the 70s, 78 or 77, we had a blizzard uh, that these guys are too young to remember, but it was, it was a blizzard that shut everything down. They, and it came late in the afternoon and they sent us down to Manistee County to try to get a main feeder back on for the night. And uh, they made arrangements to have the road commission meet us at the county line. And they did with two trucks and we had uh, two or three trucks. And like I say, we were trying to just get our main feeder back on for the night. And they asked us where we needed to go and we told them and we, um, they tried to get us there and we got stuck they got stuck. They finally uh, said, we can't do it. And uh, we got to go home and we'll be back first thing in the morning. And we said, back to where? And uh, we wound up, we had to spend the night at the Manistee uh, County Road Commission garage in Calva, <laughs> which us old timers have always referred to as the Calva Hilton since then. Sounds and uh, so some of us slept, uh, there was a little bench that they had and some of us slept in the cabs of their trucks. Our trucks were outside getting iced in and uh, it was quite a night to remember. The daytime came and they could see and got us where we needed to go and we spent the next day or two uh, working and I remember when we finally got to come back to Traverse City, um, a friend of mine and us uh, carpooled and we pulled into a grocery store to uh, see if we could get some milk and toilet paper and whatnot, and there was none to be had in Traverse City. It was all gone. So you had to sleep at the Road Commission and then come home to no toilet paper? Uh, basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome, Charlie, but you got the lights back on. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. But I remember uh, being in the Road Commission truck and on these county roads, it looked like the ocean. There was no definition. There were no snow banks. It was just mm -hmm. all snow. And I asked the guy, he says, how do, you, uh, how do you know where the road is? And he says, well, you just feel it. And then we got stuck. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you weren't feeling it, huh, guy? No. <laughs> what about you guys? You've, you've both worked on storms. Tell me, tell me, give me a storm story. Um, I actually got a pretty funny one. Um, this was down in Brethren. We had um, a line go down, phase in neutral, went down over a river. And typically when a line goes down, the ground crew will run a hand line out, hook onto the wire, and you pull it up by hand. Well, in this case, it kind of ran kitty corner across the river, so we couldn't get to it. So we had to commandeer a canoe from a house nearby. <laughs> and another lineman and myself, we had to canoe across, get the wire, and then canoe back up the river to where the hand line was to hook it in. And then we had to pull back down the river with the with the hand line in the canoe. <laughs> so the big joke was you never sag wire with a canoe. And <laughs> we joke about it to this day, but it was a challenge. Were, were the people home? Did they, did they? Yeah, he let us borrow okay. it. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't have to steal it. But. I mean, in all fairness, if you ever need my canoe, you're welcome to help right. yourself to it if it's going to get my lights back on. Yep. <laughs> I've seen other, maybe not storm work, but like, I'm trying to think there was a time re recently when Frank had to bring his boat in. Do you remember that? I was at the island on Silver Lake. Okay. They made that yeah. nice video. Yeah, it's just nuts, isn't it? Like all the, you don't, you just take it for granted. Like you don't think about the fact that if that comes down, it's down in, a, in the water and it's going to be really, really hard to figure out how to fix it. How about you, Brandon? Any good storm stories? Um, the August one we had where they had the straight line winds, that was uh, 
we were working over on the west side of Lake Leelanau, and uh, I had just been at one of those houses about three weeks earlier, and we did some work, and his lot, I could barely get the truck in there. The lot was so full of trees and branches, and that was before the storm. <laughs> and then we went back there, and I didn't realize it was the same lot, and then there was a cabin where the roof had uh, pretty much collapsed, but... Uh, it was just, it floored me to think that was the same lot. There wasn't a single tree standing on his whole five acres. It was just completely flat and it was just a mess. But it's pretty crazy to see stuff like that and see what nature can do. That storm was nuts because there, there were a lot of examples like that where you would go to a location you'd been at before and had just completely changed the the look of that, that lot forever, forever, right? Yep. So, yeah, that was a crazy one. Um, so, obviously, you guys do a lot to restore outages in our area but in addition if there are outages outside of our area so maybe it's a big hurricane in Florida or even you know whatever an ice storm in the UP you also go on what we call mutual aid where we will our linemen will volunteer to go into another um, co-op or utility system in order to help them restore power can you tell me some of the places you've gone on mutual aid or or about some of those experiences um other than the co-ops in Michigan I've gotten the opportunity to go out to Vermont with another lineman and we worked out there for eight days for Hurricane Irene. Where, where do you stay and what, how does that work? Um, we actually, I don't even think it was a motel, I think it was one of the workers had a rental house in a side hill and we basically stayed in there but it had running water and stuff so. It was a, it was a step up from the um, road commission? Yeah, yeah so it wasn't too bad. Uh, the funny thing about that um, story was while we were at their their main headquarters, the cost of power was free that day because they had so much generation, they started shutting off the grid hmm. to everybody. That's what they do out there. I guess they shut the grid off so they don't damage more uh, the equi- damage more equipment when the lines come down. So, yeah, they, they, were, they were laughing in the office that the cost of power was free that day. So I thought that was interesting. Except for nobody had any. Nobody had any, so it didn't matter. <laughs> free power for no one. Yay. Yep. <laughs> Charlie, have you ever done mutual aid? I've done some mutual aid. The first time I ever did mutual aid was kind of satisfying because I went back to my hometown with a crew and uh, worked uh, when my dad was still working there. So um, we worked with them, worked with the old guys that I grew up with, and uh, they got a chance to look at me and say, he he can do that stuff. (laughs) He's not the little kid we Mm -hmm. used to know. So when you go and do mutual aid, is it I mean, you're working in someone else's system, so it's not the not the system you're used to. How does that work, or how do you how do you get up to speed? Well, a lot of that is uh, industry-wide safety rules, and uh, Cherryland has some good safety rules, and um, we've always chosen to to use them. But as far as uh, knowing your way around and whatnot, you you do kind of have to rely on on the local guys to get you where you got to go and and it, things like uh, where the source of power and and whatnot so it's uh, you, you can't just go down there by yourself and dive into things you gotta help help so so speaking of safety obviously what you guys do is dangerous it's incredibly dangerous work um, what what do you do to stay safe or what are what are the protocols and how do you how do you make sure not just that you're staying safe but that you're keeping each other safe Everyone's going to have to answer this question, so feel free to go first. Well, uh, Dave mentioned how you, uh, he said you got to look after the lineman or the apprentices, but you look after each other too. And, and there are 
there are procedures and and uh, steps and whatnot. So you you do them. And Dave also mentioned the equipment. The equipment has made the job uh, safer. If you use it right, it, it is safer. So between the equipment and looking out for each other and the known uh, standard procedures to do a job, um, uh, that's about it. You gotta come to work focused and uh, leave home life behind you sometimes. And uh, it's easier said than done sometimes, but uh, that's basically what it boils down to. So Brad, you're you're pretty new at this, but what kind of in terms of safety so far have you have you picked up, or or are you really paying close attention to? Um, I mean, one of the big important things is just our personal protective equipment, our PPE, you know, our hard hats, safety glasses, gloves, um, all of our rubber goods that we wear, and uh, use on the lines when we're doing energized stuff. And uh, I mean, really, as an apprentice, uh, you have to pay a lot of attention to what your you know what your linemen are telling you, and try to make sure you're picking up on everything around you and uh, just uh, make sure that you're you're paying attention to what they're telling you and yeah it seems like so much of it is just about being aware and being kind of present and paying close attention and not just going through the motions kind of a thing I mean you've been doing this for a while Dave what mm -hmm. what else PPE watching out for each other yeah it's just uh, you know creating safe habits and and um, you're always learning you know, so you're always, oh, Charlie covered it good. You're always, you know, watching your, your fellow coworkers, your apprentices. And yeah, it's just having a good safety or an attitude towards safety and yeah, just taking your time. What kind of um, things do we do to test our PBE or to make sure that it, it's still doing what it's supposed to do? Uh, we visually inspect our rubber goods, our gloves and our sleeves before every use and we have uh, air pumps where we air check them, and uh, then uh, everything is visual damage as far as our guts is what we call them, but it's our line hose we put on. Um, so we the line so hose is what protects the line so that if yeah if we make contact okay. or something makes contact, it's just a rubber cover okay. that's you know about six feet long, and they just slide over it and they stay on it. So we uh, just mainly just inspect everything before we use it, our blankets, you know, our booms, our trucks, our climbing gear, pretty much just look at everything before you use it. Yeah. Well, um, we, we say this a lot here, but it can't be said enough. Like part of the reason we have such a good safety record at Cherryland is because all of our linemen take it so seriously. And um, not only do you have the equipment you need to be safe, but you go out there every day and you, you make smart choices and you pay attention and you look out for each other and so I, I it's not it doesn't just happen it doesn't just happen a lot of a lot of thought goes into to staying safe um Brad a question for you so you you pretty new right yep. is there anything about this that just totally surprised you like you're like I thought I was expecting that it was going to be like this and it's not like that at all um I would have to say I was surprised at how welcoming everybody was I mean as far as the crews go um you know I kind of expected to come in and kind of be you know kind of an outsider for a little while until everybody kind of warmed up but I mean everybody was very welcoming and really helpful right off the bat well you just wait we'll see see how they treat you in six months <laughs> well I just found out his real name what two weeks ago yeah you <laughs> yeah, know when, the, when they first hire in we call him Mike <laughs> yeah I was you know. I was Mike for uh 
well, the first two months until uh, a newer mic got hired. So, yeah, oh. I get to be Brad now. So we, we officially introduced a couple weeks ago, I think. So That's nice. Well, we're, welcome, Brad, formerly known as Mike. <laughs> Did you have to be Mike, Brandon? No, I didn't. Okay. I so. Actually, I think it started with me, didn't it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was the first Mike, so. You did have the flowers passed to you, though, right? I did have the flowers. Right. Oh, that's so nice of you guys to welcome with flowers. Yeah, it's an old cake topi- topping that's been floating around for about eight years. It <laughs> gets to hang in the new apprentice's locker, so. Was it hard for you to let that go when Kyle came? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have long enough to get too attached to it, okay. you know, a couple months. But, yeah, no, Kyle can take care of it. And okay, good. Yeah. So, Charlie, the question on all of our listeners' minds, you've been a lineman for 45 years. You've been with Jerry Lane for 45 years. What are the biggest changes you've seen in 45 years? Well, it's the equipment. Um, a, lot of, a lot of new equipment, Dave mentioned, a lot of better equipment. Uh, the single biggest thing in my mind is the installation or the changing of a transformer, um, either a new transformer or... Uh, changing an existing one, we have what we call a material handler or a jib on our trucks now that can uh, you can take the transformer up with you. In the old days, there were a lot of different ways to hang a transformer, some safer than others, and some you had to be creative on. But uh, um, the equipment's gotten better, but the job's gotten a little more complicated too, so it's good that the equipment's gotten better because we have bigger Bigger loads, bigger uh, conductors, bigger material, heavier. And so um, I'm not saying that life's gotten easier for laymen. It's just gotten a little better and a little safer. You've been here a while too, Dave. Have you noticed any significant changes over your 12, almost 13 years? Oh, yeah. Like I said, the, the side-by-side with tracks on it has saved so much time. It's unbelievable. I mean, the, the days of snowshoeing down in Brethren, two miles cross country are gone, um, and for good reason. So, I mean, we can cover twice, a, well, four times the distance with this gator with tracks on it. So, um, and then we can also use it out where we'd be working in deep right away. We can actually use that side by side to pull the transformers up where we would use it. We would pull them up by hand before. So, yeah, just quicker and safer. I think everyone's going to listen to this podcast and they're going to leave with one takeaway, and that is Dave loves. The, the equipment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and that's good. you know, it's interesting, too, to hear that feedback because um, the co-op invests quite a bit of money into equipment, right? That's, a, that's one of a significant investment that we make on an annual basis. But it's important for our members to understand that, that that money, their money that we're investing in equipment, makes it safer for our employees, makes them more efficient, and allows us to adapt to this kind of changing load and the size of the other equipment we're trying to install and so it, it it's not we're not just doing it because Dave loves the side-by-side although that is an added benefit but beyond that it really makes us better at our jobs yeah yeah everybody agrees okay so um are there any other stories that you that you had in your mind that you're like if I don't get to tell this story on the podcast it would be such a loss to the listeners because I th- I want to know I know you guys have stories What's the weirdest thing that's ever caused an outage? Like the weird, when you got on, you were like, how the heck did that happen? That is a good question, Rachel, because uh, we've had outages caused by fish, 
Whoa, like flying fish? Like a uh, crew went out and uh, on a transformer outage and found a fish on top of the transformer, which was probably left there by a, a bird. <laughs> <laughs> but the bird was gone and the fish was still there. Nice. So that's one. Yeah, that's a good one. I know these guys got stories. Yeah, I've seen a frog. A frog? Like a, a frog up on the bushing of a transformer. taken out a transformer before. Um, owls, raccoons. You name it. I mean, you kind of expect flying type of animals right. and squirrels, but fish and frogs, okay. And I always get worried calling it in because when we call in an outage, we have to give a description of what happened. And, the, you know, there's no cost code for a frog. So I always <laughs> feel like they're not going to believe me when I tell them that. But We're going to need you to come in for drug testing right. immediately. <laughs> Anything else where you, you guys have run into? I've only seen squirrels and birds and sticks. I've never seen any... Uh... I think Amphibious. we had a helicopter one time, right? Wasn't over at the Lake Ann airfield? Wasn't there a small? Oh, like like a not a like an unmanned helicopter? No, it was a I think just a single passenger. Oh, well, we've had helicopters. We've had uh, thrushing machines and uh, just about every kind of vehicle you can think of. We had a boat and a, a boat on a trailer being hauled by a by a pickup, but it was the boat that took the pole out. So yeah, there's many ways to break a pole. <laughs> and and it does it, it it's always shocking like when you look and see an accident that takes out a pole and you're like, really there was like this little itty bitty pole and then all these other spaces you could have had this accident in, and and you take out that pole, right? Or the I don't know if any of you worked on the outage we had, I don't think Potter substation where they the pole that they took out was like it was recently, it was within the last month and it was like of all the poles in this span of poles, that one fed like multiple things right. and it had a riser and all this different stuff. And you're just like, really? Like there were so many better poles you could have hit. <laughs> yeah, well, people are impressive. But birds, I, I, I expected. But fish and frogs, I did not. Well, we're all very glad that you guys are out working on the line for us all the time to keep the lights on and to turn them back on after whatever animal gets frisky up there. Um, and... Uh, I think that's going to be about it for today, unless you guys have anything else to add. Okay. Thanks for joining us.